1: Thank you for joining us today. My name is Marcy Davis, and my co host is my amazing service dog, Lovey. And we're thrilled to be with you to talk about our favorite subject working dogs and working animals. And today we're going to be talking with Teresa Zerberg about her incredible canine partner, Angus. Angus is a super bug detection dog, and he works with the Vancouver Coastal Hospital in Canada. And Teresa's going to talk with us today about the work that she and Angus are doing together to detect a super bug that actually attacks people whose immune systems have been weakened by antibiotics. So come right back after these quick messages as we welcome Teresa Zerberg and Angus to the show.
0: Sit. Sit. Stay We'll be right back After a short pause Well Four to be exact Let's talk pets on PetLifeRadio.com.
1: Welcome back to Working Like Dogs on Pet Life Radio. We're so excited to have Teresa Zerberg and Angus with us today. Hello and welcome.
2: Hi, thank you for having us.
1: Yeah, we're so excited that you could be with us because. You guys are doing some incredible work in Canada that we want to hear all about today. But first of all, Teresa, tell us a little bit about your background with working dogs because you have a long history.
2: Originally, I started after I got out of the military as a medic, as a bomb dog and drug dog handler and trainer. And from there, I ended up turning into a a new career with Angus looking for Superbug C. diff.
1: Wow. Well... Tell us about Angus. What type of dog is he, and how how old is he, and how did you two connect?
2: Angus is a a two-and-a-half-year-old field-bred Springer Spaniel out of Hellfire Gun Dogs up in Montana. I was running drug dogs and bomb dogs at the time, and we knew that for some of the jobs that we did, we needed a dog that wasn't as intimidating-looking as the German Shepherds and Melon was we were working. So I started to research quite a bit on what other floppy-eared type of dog we could get. And in Great Britain, they they almost exclusively use um, the Springer Spaniels and the Cockers for their detection work. So after about six months of research, I came up with Hellfire Gun Dogs, and I talked to the the owner-breeder there, Angela, told her exactly what I was looking for, and she matched me up with a wonderful 10-week-old puppy named Angus.
1: Well, he is adorable. I cannot tell you how cute he is. And he does not look like any kind of aggressive dog at all. So that, um, those little floppy ears really work because he is, <laughs> is too cute. <laughs> oh, thank you. So tell us, how did you come up with this whole idea about Angus and having him to detect a superbug? And, and first of all, let's, let, maybe we should back up and say he detects C. diff, correct?
2: Yes, that's correct.
1: And tell us, tell our listeners, what is C. diff?
2: Clostrum difficile, or C. diff, it's a bacteria that grows in your your gut. It happens a couple different ways, but the most common way of getting it is when you've been on a large course of antibiotics and you're autoimmune-compromised. So basically the antibiotics that you're taking kill off all the good bacteria in your gut, which allows the bad bacteria to take over, which ends up being C. diff or clostrum difficile. And it can make you really, really sick. It gives you like extreme diarrhea. And if you're autoimmune compromised enough, then it can actually be fatal in the end. And I had it three years ago and it sucked.
1: Yeah, yeah. I know and and we hear more and more about these superbugs in hospitals and and especially I know I've had some experience with that too and yes, it did suck. And it's <laughs> it's becoming more and more common that people are having that. So I know when I heard about Angus, I was just So excited that dogs are now being used to help deal with this and combat this problem. So did you get the idea when you had experienced C. diff, Teresa, or how did you come up with the idea?
2: My husband actually brought it up to me. He's a uh, nurse with uh, patient safety and quality at Vancouver General Hospital here. And he read an article in the British Medical Journal about a dog named Cliff in Amsterdam. Cliff's a little beagle and he was looking for C. diff in patients and I was working the drug dogs and bomb dogs at the time and we had Angus which we hadn't decided what type of odor we were going to put him on. He came home and said can you train a dog to do this and I told him if it's got an odor I can train a dog to find it and look at that we have a, the perfect dog in the house already so that's kind of where it began.
1: Wow, that sounds like it was meant to be, (laughs) because usually you have to get the dog later. So that's wonderful that you had already gotten Angus. So tell us, how did you start working with Angus to train him to detect that scent?
2: Uh, The first part is selecting the right dog. Generally, when you're looking for a detection dog, you'll look for, you'll look, say, at 100 dogs out of 100. You might shortlist 10 of those, and out of that 10, you may or may not pick one. So we look for very specific Dog with with the right temperaments and energy and drives, so after we do that, and we normally start them a little bit older, usually around a year old, so they've had a chance to to be puppies and and grow up and be silly before we start putting them to work. We started Angus, we brought him home at ten weeks, and I started his training then just with simple motivation stuff like throwing a handful of grass in the kibble and telling him to go find it, just so he started really associating the value of using his nose. Once he'd grown up a little bit and he was already good at playing different type of nose work games, we do the same way we did bomb dogs and drug dogs is we get him to create an association between his reward and his odor. So he ends up, we pair the odor and the reward together and he learns that, hey, if I find this smelly stuff, I get what I really want, which is my squeaky purple hippo. So he gets really good at that
0: game. (laughs) know.
2: And then we take away the squeaky purple hippo out of the equation. And he learns that finding the C. diff odor gets him what he really wants. In the end, bomb dogs, drug dogs, the C. diff dog really don't care about bomb drugs or C. diff. They care about finding something to get what they really want, which is whatever their reward is.
1: Exactly. Exactly. That's how lovey is. Yeah. She loves her treats. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She's not toy driven. She's food driven for sure. Well, that's so awesome. And how long did it take you to do the whole process before he was ready to go out and into the hospital environment?
2: Normally it would take us if we were, had a dedicated uh, training facility and that's all I was doing was training detectional dogs day long. It would take him probably four months to get really solid on what he was doing. Plus, it also helps that he has the right temperament and exceptional drives and desire to do what he does. But I was working full-time as a cardiology technologist at the same time. And so it took us about a year to get him to where I was happy with it.
1: Yeah. And were you able to take him into the hospital as a part of that training
2: we sure were, because we needed them to be exposed to the hospital environment, just like you would with your service dog, Lovey. We needed mm-hmm. to be exposed to all sorts of different things. And the hospital environment, especially for a detection dog who's looking for a, a poop-based odor in a hospital <laughs> where it's poop is everywhere. Let's I was going to say, yeah, it's abundant. Yep. <laughs> and, and it's a different environment. There's lots of en- weird energy going on. There's lots of smells. Yeah, There's machines stress. that go bing and, and, and high frequencies that we can't hear, but they can hear. So all of this adds to his work environment. So we just needed him to be really used to the work environment. And Angela did such a fabulous job with her puppies and started like, the er- early neurostimulation exercises with the puppies. So he is environmentally bomb-proof. So we're lucky we didn't have a whole lot of issues in integrating him into the hospital.
1: Wow. I mean, he was just, he really is the perfect dog that was ready for this work. So how did you start to work with Vancouver General Hospital? How did you engage them and really start those conversations? Because this is pretty innovative. It
2: is, is. It is. Yeah. My husband, like I said, had brought me the article and he worked in the patient safety and quality area of the hospital. So once I said, yeah, I can train a dog to do this, he took it To his directors and said, hey, we got a crazy idea. And Vancouver Coastal Health and Vancouver General Hospital in particular is known for innovation and looking outside the box for answers. So they're all over it. And it helped that everybody here really liked dogs. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, that's a big part. Exactly. We met up with the uh, infection control people, the board of directors, microbiologists to discuss how feasible it was and what direction we wanted to go. So that's kind of where it all started.
1: Yeah, so how did you start? Do you work for the hospital now? Does Angus work for the hospital? Or do you volunteer? What is that relationship like?
2: No, we work for the hospital. I'm contracted to the hospital. And Angus is here four days a week, Monday to Thursdays, sniffing and we're collecting data because we also have a research component to this. And, and then we also are starting a phase three to this where we're going to help other um, health authorities and hospitals start their own C. diff detection dog programs.
1: That's wonderful. Well, tell us, what's a typical working day for Angus?
2: A typical working day for Angus is getting up really early in the morning. He's a morning dog. I'm not a morning person. So we start off our morning with a little bit of conflict. (laughs) He's like, I want to go. And I'm like, I haven't had a coffee yet. I can't talk to you. So we get up at about four o'clock in the morning because our shift at the hospital starts at 6 a.m. So we get to the hospital. I take a look at all the reports that have come in from the day to see where any new cases of, of C. diff have appeared because those are wards that we want to go check. We don't check patients we because patients can always be tested. We check for hidden reservoirs of the bacteria in the environment, especially in the environment around a known C. diff patient room. So I need to know where I want to target Angus's searching. So it starts out with that. And then we... We just go up to a unit, and he starts sniffing around, and wow, and
1: I was going to say, how long does he work at a time before you take breaks, and what kind of breaks do you actually take?
2: It all depends, depending on the day and depending how cluttered the environment is and what's going on. He'll search anywhere from 15 to probably 30 minutes at a time, and then we take a break where he, he goes down to his, I call it the bat cave under my desk, his kennel that's under my desk. And he has some water, and he just he goes in there, and I just tell him you got to rest and chill out for a while. He would keep going until he fell over, but <laughs> I have to be able to manage his, manage him so I can have him last his eight hour shift.
1: Right. Well, that was my next question: is how long is a shift for him that he's actually at the hospital on site? So eight hours—that's a long time.
2: Yeah, we're here eight hours. He doesn't obviously work an entire eight hours straight. Well, We also do a lot of uh, public relations and communication and education components too,
0: nice. uh, to our
2: job as well. So we're here, there, and everywhere.
1: Yeah. Well, that's awesome. So he gets a lot of kudos for the great work that he's doing. And I'm sure he gets lots of love and attention, which he deserves. <laughs> that's <laughs> he awesome. <commands> it. Yeah, <laughs> no exactly. I can see with those floppy ears. Yes, he does. <laughs> well, yeah. So do you get like a As you said, they tell you where they think some areas may be volatile or they may be concerned about. So I'm just wondering about how big of an area do you usually work at a time or does it vary? Because hospitals are pretty large facilities.
2: I usually do, when I'm going up to the floors, I'll do a whole unit. I know where the specific rooms are that we're concerned about. But really, because the environmental C. diff is transferred through touch, right? So I'll do an entire unit because I, I, we don't know where the reservoirs are hiding. So we'll do an entire unit. We also do all the common areas, so the entranceways, the lounges, offices, public bathrooms. We're everywhere. We cover pretty much the whole hospital.
1: Wow, that's awesome. Well, we are going to take just a quick break and hear some important messages from our sponsors. And we're going to come back and we have a lot more questions for Teresa about how she and Angus are working together. So come right back after these quick messages. Hi, I'm Dana Humphrey, the founder of Whitegate PR. We have been specializing in PR and marketing in the pet industry for over 10 years.
0: Going back to my bed and thing, you cost me a lot of misery and all total twenty seven hundred dollars in doggy fees, and all it took was one container of Dynavite, two pounds, three ounces, and my dog has been cured. Abby's a five year old silky terrier. She had like chicken pox on her belly, clusters of bumps on her back, and she was allergic to like seventy some odd things. So the dermatologist, it was oh yeah, just keep giving her meals every ten days, but she's not clearing up. And then I, it came up on my radio, Dynavite. D i n o v i t e. 859-428-1000. Dynavite is nutrition. I give her the Dynavite after five weeks, and one morning there was nothing there, and I'm like, she's all clear. There wasn't one blemish on her body. Her fur is beautiful. She is totally happy. She is a healthy, bump-free, pimple-free, shiny, silky. It turned our lives around. So thank you very much for Dynavite. I couldn't be happier. Dynavite's the bomb. 859-428-1000. 859-428-1000. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot com. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets on Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. Petliferadio.com.
1: <laughs> Welcome back to Working Like Dogs on Pet Life Radio. We're visiting today with Teresa Zerberg and her amazing canine partner, Angus, the super bug detection dog. And we were talking before the break about the work and a typical working day for Angus. But I I wanted to ask you, Teresa, how does the hospital staff feel about Angus sniffing around in their work areas?
2: Everybody's really been excited to see him and really interested to see what he does or doesn't find. So I was a little bit cautious when we first started because I expected a lot of, oh yeah, really, your dog can do that, no. And you'll hear nurses a lot of times say, uh, but I can smell C. diff. We don't need a dog. So I, I was a little bit apprehensive when we first started, but everybody's fallen in love with him. The, the hardest part, and I'm sure you can find this with Lovey too, is people want to pet him and play with mm. him. And I have to tell yes. him, oh, he's working. I was
1: wondering about that. Yes, exactly. That is hard for some people when they look so adorable. They just want to touch them, which I can't blame them. But yeah, it's very different when they have a job. So what's the process when Angus detects C. diff in an area? What happens? happens
2: then? What happens then? It depends what type of area it is. So we'll either use our UV sterilization lights to have the area cleaned if it's an entire room that I need them to clean, or they'll use the special cleaning and disinfecting wipes to wipe down if it's just a piece of equipment. So I, I work in direct contact with our environmental services staff, and I can always find one on the floor. And usually they kind of stay around when they see that I'm up on the floor. So I get them to be able to take care of whatever I need right away before we cause further contamination.
1: Yeah, and I was wondering, how quickly do you and Angus go back to an area that's been contaminated and then supposedly decontaminated? How does that work?
2: We usually come back fairly quickly. If it's a whole room that I need to have UV sterilized, the process takes a little bit longer, obviously, so I'll usually come back the next day. Uh, if it's a piece of equipment, I'll take him away to go search something else because I just don't want him targeting on a piece of equipment because I said, hey, look at that. It's important. I'll have him search something else and search his way back to whatever we just had cleaned to see if we see any reaction.
1: You mentioned that there's also a research component to the work that you guys are doing. Can you tell us a little bit about that?
2: Because this is such a brand new field, we don't really have any data to compare ourselves to and compare what the dog's finding and our sensitivity and specificity rates. So we collect all the data that every time I go to a search, everything's documented, where I'm searching, what time I'm searching, how long it took, what did he find, what else other things did we observe that was happening at the time. And that all goes into a big database. And I work with a group of people here who look after all the statistics for me, and they compile the data, and then uh, Dr. Bryce and Dr. Roscoe, who are our head of microbiology and lab facilities here, they also take a look at it and add in their microbiology pieces. So we're hoping to eventually actually um, publish all of our results and findings.
1: Yeah, that's wonderful. Well, and tell us about the community outreach work that you and Angus do together.
2: We do quite a bit of Education pieces. There's a lot of assumptions kind of made around C. diff and how you get C. diff and who gets C. diff. So we go around. Yesterday, we were at an infection control conference, and Angus did a demo for them and just to show different ways that we can find C. diff bacteria that was never possible before.
1: Wow. Well, and are you working to train any other dogs, or are you working with other hospitals or medical care facilities?
2: I'm in the middle of training our second dog right now, my other Springer named Dodger, and he will come and assist Angus because right now we're just, because we've just set up the pilot project and it's fairly new. He only started working in November. We're still setting up the logistics and how all these systems work together the best. So once that's done and we expand out to the other hospitals in our health authority and other hospitals in the region, we're going to need a second dog. So I've got Dodger on the
1: go. I would imagine your phone is probably ringing and people are wanting a dog that can do that in their healthcare facilities.
2: Oh, it is. It's it's, the response has been fabulous. We've got phone calls basically from all over the world. We're talking to some different health authorities all over the United States who are interested in our program. Some in Canada, South America. It's just been crazy. And then Angus has got Angus actually has a Facebook page, and he has (laughs) followers from all over the world. I made a joke one day that uh, Angus has got followers from every continent except Antarctica. And next day, I had the scientist from Antarctica emailing me and say, now Angus has followers in Antarctica.
1: <laughs> I was going to say, I'm sure that's no longer the case, that he probably has a nope. fan base there as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's
2: got more friends than I do. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure that's, a,
1: yes, lovey as well.
2: Absolutely. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's wonderful. Well, I mean, and are you working to look at any other bugs besides C. diff?
2: Uh, eventually, we've opened the doors, so our, it's only limited by our imagination what we can do with dogs. This dog, Angus, will only ever be on one bacteria because right. when he alerts, I need to say 100% what he's alerting on because everything gets treated a little bit different. Just like you don't train dogs to do bombs and drugs, you don't train other dogs to do multiple bacteria because they're all treated mm-hmm. different and you have to know what you're dealing with.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's what I was wondering if you were, if you had any other bugs that you were thinking about or that you might start another dog on.
2: We're kind of playing around with some ideas yet, but we don't really have anything solid just because we're really focusing on perfecting the C. diff program. But like I said, we're only limited by our imaginations with this.
1: Right, right. I know, I always say that we are just are at the tip of the iceberg of what dogs can really do for us and how they can enhance our quality of life. And boy, I'm reminded of that every day, as Lovey enhances my quality of life.
2: Oh, I know. They're they're such wonderful partners.
1: They are, they are. They're just so, yeah, their attitude, their work ethic. I mean, I'm just blown away by it. I've had a working dog almost 25 years, and I'm still blown away by it every day as to how dedicated they are and how much they love their work yep well what do you love most about working with Angus
2: it helps that he's cute <laughs> 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 I'll be back it helps that he's cute and I'm a little bit biased but even when you're like you said even when you're having like just a rough day and your partner sits there and looks up at you and is like hey what are we going to go do next I mean you can't get that anywhere else I've had some pretty cool jobs especially when I was in the military as a medic and stuff but this is ultimately it's kind of the coolest job ever. I get to work every day with my best friends. We get to discover stuff together. I can yeah. watch dogs do detection work for hours. It's fascinating to me and how odor works and how their minds work to sort out the odor problems. And it's
1: fascinating. I know. It's amazing when you look at them and when you see things clicking in their brain and it really is, it's, it is a beautiful, I say it's a gift. It's a huge gift to get to be in that moment with them mm-hmm. to experience that. So I can only imagine what it is for you every day with Angus.
2: Yeah. Those light bulb moments. Cause you just see it happen. You're like, that is so cool. Especially when it's something you've never thought about yourself and you're like, That is awesome. Who would have thought?
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And I'm sure. And then Angus is all excited because he's getting that positive feedback from doing a a good job. And I'm sure that you both get a lot of really positive responses from the staff. I mean, evidently, or they wouldn't have hired you guys full time to be doing this work.
2: Yeah, yeah. The staff love him. And he's, he's just a big ego boost around the hospital. Everybody gets excited when they come to see him. And then he also has a kind of a secondary effect on our whole battle against infection control. It's called the Hawthorne effect, where because people are aware that we're around, they just automatically subconsciously get more vigilant in cleaning and paying attention to all those cleaning processes. So just by seeing him alone, our infection rates start to hopefully dip down and people are becoming more aware of what they're doing.
1: Yeah, yeah, I'm sure. That's wonderful. Well, if you could think of a day at work with Angus that was probably one of your most memorable experiences with him so far, because you guys have have just been doing this full-time, as you said, since November. What comes to mind, something that you could share with us to give us a little glimpse into Angus's work?
2: It was an interesting find. I had some directors with me that day, so that always is a little more nerve-wracking when your boss actually comes right with you. (laughs) And I had lots of nurses standing around watching because my boss was there as well. Angus searched a room. It was an elderly elderly couple, and the patient was being discharged to go home after you'd had C. diff. And you, you can shed C. diff spores for quite a while. So we usually give them a care package of how to look after things when you go home and cleaning and all this good stuff. And Angus went, we asked permission, and they said, yeah, of course, Angus can come search in the room. Just because we're always curious to see where he might find reservoirs, and it's part of our data collecting. Angus alerted on the man's pants that were laying over the, the end of the bed. He hadn't changed back into his normal everyday clothes yet. And I asked him, like, are these the pants that he came into the hospital wearing? And his wife's like, yep. And I said, well, those are the pants he had on when he had C. diff because Angus just alerted to the seat of his pants. So it was stuff like that where like, wow, we never really thought about it. And now he's going to wear these pants out of the hospital to get home. So whether he sits on a public bench or in the taxi or wherever it is, he potentially could be spreading these reservoirs of C. diff. And it's something that we just really hadn't thought about. So it started this whole new process of what do we do to help um, reduce the spread of C. diff? And is this one avenue that we can help control? So it was just fascinating to see, and we're so much better able to educate the patients with that little bit of information. It was fascinating.
1: Yeah, that's wonderful. That is so powerful. And I just, as I said earlier, I just bet your phone is ringing that a lot of people are going to to be giving this some serious thought and thinking about having a dog that yeah. can help with this kind of detection. It just makes yeah. so much sense. It's a no-brainer.
2: Especially in the states where the hospitals get fined for hospital-acquired infections. This is one way to help reduce those rates. Up in Canada, our health care system is a little bit different. But when you're getting fined for hospital-acquired infections, you got to find new novel ways to reduce them because what's traditionally used all the time, obviously, isn't working and as effective as people would like them to be. And, and this is definitely one way to, to look at that and look at all these hidden reservoirs.
1: Yeah, yeah, because it's a huge issue, as you said. I mean, it's from the violations to, I mean, all all the different illnesses and deaths that are resulting mm-hmm. from this. So, I mean, it's very serious, and this is a fabulous solution to that. I love it. And I mean, who wouldn't want, you think of that, it is such a negative thing, infectious disease and, you know, all of the negativity that comes with that. And then you have this adorable little floppy-eared Angus (laughs) that is able to help with that in a really positive way that, like you said, is really educating everyone, um, medical providers as well, about how to combat that. So, I'm just so glad that you could take the time to be with us today. Teresa, thank you so much for the work that you and Angus are doing. And just one last question before you guys have to get back to work today is how can our listeners get more information about you and Angus? You mentioned a Facebook page. Is that the best way?
2: Uh, Facebook page is probably the best way right now to watch out for Angus and I and see what we're doing. And then also on the Vancouver Coastal Health website itself, there's Angus and I and some stories okay. about us. And okay. if you just Google Angus or, and VCH or Angus and C. diff, there is page upon page of stories and interviews that have been done with him. We actually had CBS from Los Angeles come up and we were on the morning show so that's where I saw you, you
1: guys. Watch. Yes, oh, that's where yeah. I saw you. Yes, yes. They did a brilliant was, job. They did. Oh, I thoroughly enjoyed it. And that's what I, I said. We have to have Teresa and Angus on the show. Yeah, Lovey and I saw that. That was awesome. They did a beautiful segment on you guys.
2: Please. Angus sends Lovey a high five paw. She does awesome
1: work, too. Thank you. Well, you know what? I just recently taught her how to do high five, and she loves it. (laughs) Yeah. So on Facebook, is it just
2: Angus? Angus K9. So Angus, the letter K, the number nine.
1: Okay, great. And we'll put that on our site for our listeners so that they'll be able to connect with you. And thank you for the beautiful photos that you shared with us that we'll also oh, have love. up for our listeners to to get an idea of how cute those floppy ears are. <laughs> They're adorable. <laughs> they are. Well, we hope you'll come back and visit with us again. And we'd love to hear about the research that you guys publish and, and how that evolves. So please promise us, Teresa, you'll come back.
2: Oh, we would love to come back and visit with you and Lovie
1: okay great well thank you so much and thank you our listeners for being with us today we love to hear from you so please keep those emails coming and you can also follow Working Like Dogs on Facebook Twitter and Instagram we're having so much fun connecting with you on Instagram and sharing our photos with you and seeing your photos of your working dog and the incredible work that they're doing every day so thanks so much for being with us and we look forward to being in with you again soon. Take good care.
0: Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.